Y'all ready for church? Yes. We've been having church. We're going into phase three here. Phase one was when you came in and just greeted everybody, just made a friend, you know. Phase two is when we're going through praise and worship. Now we're in phase three of church service. We're going to go to the Word. So get your Bibles out. I want you to go look again at Hebrews chapter 10, 35. I want to just, I'm going to, I'm going to try to skip past some stuff today and move on. I've just been stuck on this, couldn't get off of it, but praise God. Yeah, I want you to know that, you know, if you don't have the Waterhole app, you need to download that, get that on your phone so you can follow everything going on, listen to the messages. Our podcasts are just, uh, just exploding. Uh, I, 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 I find it, I just praise God for it. I don't understand how it works. I praise God for it, but I guarantee you this, this week there'll be 2,000 people listening, so it's as if you're in a church of 2,000, so uh, that's, that's almost, well, it didn't almost, it, it jumped like a quarter in just last month, and it's, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and so praise God the way God can use it, so the internet can be demonic or a blessing from God, Amen. So Hebrews 10.35 here, I've been talking about fearless faith. I've been talking about faith that you've got to have for 22, that faith that, that is inside of you, that's ravenous, that's, that's bold, that's, you know, the line of the tribe of Judah roaring out of you. And Hebrews 10.35 says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Everybody say confidence. Everybody say, I got confidence. Now, see, I don't have a lot of confidence in myself. Listen, in my abilities. As I get older, man, you know, get up a ladder is a challenge. Jumping out of the back of a truck, it don't happen no more. All right, just a few things changing in life. I got no confidence in myself and my ability to, you know, hammer a nail in and not hit my finger. All right, but I have great, 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 great confidence in my God and what he said he will do, he will do, amen? That's what I'm talking about, that confidence, the confidence on the inside of you to know that Jesus is going to do what he said he's going to do. All right? So no matter what else is going on in the world, don't make any difference what the Russians are trying to attack. Hello? Don't make any difference if they're on the California border. Hello? Come on now. Man, I, that last time I checked, Jesus, it says in John 10, 29, has got me in the palm of his hand, and there ain't nothing going to take me out. So that means the North Koreans can't take me out. Chinese can't take me out. Coronavirus can't take me out. Our own government can't take me out. They may try to shut me off, but they can't take me out. Bless God, I'm still going to be praising God. Lock me in a hole, in a cell. I'm, if I got breath in my lungs, I'm going to be praising God. That's where my confidence is. But you see, this is what happens to us all. We all get, we all get a little hit. Right? You get a little boom. You get a, and then you're like, oh, I, didn't, I wasn't supposed to be hit. I wasn't supposed to be what? No, you're in a fight, folks. And you better go, you want some of me. This is where you better be set up in 22. I'm telling you. But your confidence has got to be in Jesus. Your confidence has got to be in his word. Okay, so I went through this a whole bunch. So I'm going to skip down to uh, somewhere where I kind of quit last week. Or maybe I didn't, but if I did, take some more notes on it. So now I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. And I want to talk to you about, in 22, you have got to develop your ability to hear the voice of God. All right? I've talked about that you are hardwired to hear God's voice. Every one of you. If you're born again, if the Spirit of God lives on the inside of me, you can hear God speak to you. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be in the ministry. You don't have to be called to the five-fold ministry. You don't have to have some special anointing service to go through to hear the voice of God. You're hardwired to hear the word of God, the voice of God. But uh, <clears throat> let me read the scripture. Proverbs 20, verse 27. It says, the spirit of man is a lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of the heart. You're hardwired by the Holy Ghost when you're born again to be in contact with heaven. Now, before that, you were already in contact with hell, and you know how to do it. Nobody needs to go be taught how to be bad. Come on. Nobody needs to teach you. You don't have to be taught how to tell somebody off. You don't have classes on that, right? You don't go to a university and have telling someone off 101. 
It's a natural thing pulls out of you, right? How to be ugly, how to be mean, how to be mad. You, you got no classes on that, right? Even if you're not a Christian, and there, there's all kinds of self-help things out there, right? In the world, right? There's self-help, they're trying to make you better. But there's nothing out there that tries to say, look, you're really being taken advantage of. You need to get down and mean. So here's a book on 10 steps on how to dominate and be ugly to people. Right? It's not out there. Because why? You already know how to do that. What we got to learn as Christians is how to get rid of the flesh and the things of the flesh and start hearing the voice of God and what God is saying to us this day. Okay? So... I touched on this a little bit last week, but let me just let me just say a few things, okay? So, in, you're hardwired to hear the voice of God, but I'm going to tell you something. Now, you know, I've pastored this church 29 years. I've been saved and serving Jesus with all my heart for over 35 years, and and uh, I've seen some goofy Christians. Did you hear what I said? I don't mean goofy, worldly people. I'm talking about goofy Christians. I've had some of the craziest things spoken over my life before. I've had to say, somebody come up and say, I got a word for you. And they give me something. I said, boy, I don't like that one. I don't want it at all. That ain't God nowhere near. I've had people come to me in counseling sessions and sit down and say, I believe I heard God tell me this. And I, they tell me, and I'm like, I don't know what God you were talking to, but that ain't nowhere, nothing lines up with the word. That ain't even where close. But they were emphatic. And I've had people get mad at me, tell me I didn't hear God. And, and point the finger at me and say, I'm wrong. Well, I still tell you, I'm still here and I'm still standing. And I don't know where they are. Okay. So you can have immature. This is the only word I could think of. Immature listening skills. Okay. You can have, I just call it hearing loss. Mm. Husbands, y'all know about hearing loss. Enough said, right? Leave it alone. Go on. Some people, because of their immature, their immature listening skills, okay, they're looking for, uh, 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 to hear God's voice for everything in life. Lord, should I eat eggs this morning or should I just eat a piece of toast? Should I turn left or should I turn right? Should I wear the brown shirt or should I wear the, the, the gray shirt? There was a period of time that my wife and I still joke about to this day that it was right after I'd gone broke, I'd lost everything, I had no, didn't have anything. And we had saved up and I'd bought one pair of nice uh, slack tight pants to go, uh, to go to word to church and they were gray. And so I would go into the closet and I'd look and I'd say, Lord, what should I wear this morning? There's one pair of pants up there in one shirt. It's the same one I wore last week. And I'd say, Lord, what should I wear? Should I wear the gray ones? I think I'll wear the gray ones today. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes we develop these immature listening things, and we're just, we're just like, you know, have you, ever, have you ever known someone, and don't look at them if they're in here, <laughs> have you ever known someone who... Uh, you, they say they want to have coffee with you, but when you sit down, it's only a one-sided conversation because they never quit talking or saying anything that you can't ever, there's not, it's not really, they just needed somebody to dump on. Hello? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Can I have an amen if you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. We all know those kind of people, right? And so they're no fun to go with because you don't get to say anything. You just sit there and listen and they regurgitate on you. And so how, how about that with Jesus? Is that your relationship with the Lord? That you're just sitting around, Lord, why aren't you doing this? How come you hadn't done that? I prayed about this and you did that. And Oh, why aren't you doing this? And oh, God, help me over here. Well, you're just doing the same thing. That's not a relationship. And you're not going to hear the voice of the Lord because you're not stop talking. Hello? He can't get a word in edgewise. He's like, it's a, it's a, it's a. He ain't hear nothing because you're just so busy, busy, busy talking. So you become hyper spiritual. Everything is just gotten crap. Okay. 
You don't know God's voice from your own voice of reason. Now, that's probably the biggest one right there. Most people can't distinguish the voice of God because they can't, can't get out of their own head of the voice of reason. Right? And so uh, you get in trouble because, you know, you're, it depends on what your batting average is, you know, on that thing of, of how, uh, if you're going to hear God or hear your own self. Well, so depends on how warped and twisted you are. You can get yourself in some real trouble and you start listening to the voice of your head and your own reasoning. Because your own twisted crazy on the inside of us is going to be what's speaking to you and you're going to think everything lines up with it and you've developed your own crazy world. Look at the person beside you say, is he talking to you? I don't think he's talking to me. He must be talking to you. And then lastly here is that a person that I've, I've seen Christians like this, that they always, have, they always have heard God and then everybody else in the world's wrong that doesn't agree with them. So that's dangerous because if you think that you're the only one that hears from God and what you're saying is right and you can't line it up, the Bible says we're supposed to have counsel and let the word be established by two or three, not one. And so you say, well, this is it. This is what God said. And then, you know, anyway. Okay. So look at Romans 8, 14. Let me give you a few more scriptures here. Before I get down here, I want to show you how to hear the voice of God. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If the children then heirs and heirs of God join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. Okay, so here he says that you're a child of God, right? You're an heir of God. You're in there. It says right here that the Spirit of God's going to witness with your spirit. Bear witness. Bearing witness. Okay? <clears throat> you know, I was in construction for a lot of years and building homes, and people sometimes would come up with some crazy ideas. And, and they would be talking to me, but because of my experience in, 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 in building, uh, you know, buildings and, and, and all, I, I, they would say things to me, and I was like, uh, that ain't going to work. It's just not going to work. You can't do it. It does not. It's not that it doesn't just doesn't bear witness with me. I'm just telling you from experience, I've done this enough, that won't work. Right? And then a lot of times people wouldn't listen to me. You know? And, and I said, well, I'll just, I've got experience in this and listen to me. That won't work. And so, anywho, the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the same way. He's trying to bear witness with you. He's trying to talk to you. But if you're not listening... And you're not listening to, I mean, he's a whole lot smarter than we are. Okay? And so he's a whole lot smarter than we are. And if you're not listening, what happens is, is you're just going to do your own thing. And then the Holy Spirit's going to step back and say, well, I'm not going to violate their free will. So you're going to have to go down that road to get yourself in a big mess. And I'll be right there for you. I love you. I'll be right there for you to help pick you up. But you're going to get yourself into a mess. Okay? So another reason why we need to hear the voice of God. Uh, just a scripture you can, you can take note on and, and look at it later. Uh, Titus 3.10 says, Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and is sinning being self-condemned. That word warped means twisted. It's warped, right? And y'all know you can't straighten out a two-by-four. If a two-by-four is warped, you just forget it. You either work with a warp or you throw it away, right? Only thing you can do is cut it up in smaller pieces. Okay. Now, I think I went over this, but let me give it to you. Uh, people that I found in the Bible that, that should have been listening to the voice of God knew better, but they didn't hear, okay? One of my favorites, Elijah. Here he is, the great man of God who calls fire down on Mount Carmel. I mean, I can, I, it's a story I love to read. It is just right down my alleyway. I just see old Elijah over there. I don't know if he is, and if he, you know, we get to heaven, he may slap me on this one, but I see him as like a little short, fat guy sitting over there with his hand on his belly, and all the prophets of Baal are whooping and cutting themselves up and trying to do it, and he's just sitting over there drinking some iced tea under the tree, you know, waiting for it to happen. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, he jumps up, tells him, get out of the way, calls fire down from her, comes up, looks up all the, 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 the offering on the, around the, the altar, everything, all this great miracle, they kill all the prophets of, of, of Baal right there. And then he goes to town and Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, and he runs off, hides under a cedar tree. You know something's wrong with him if he's gone down to hiding under a cedar tree, right? <laughs> you can find this over there. It's in, it's in 1 Kings 19, 18, 19, right through there. And so, you know, you get over there and then he, you know, you all know the story. Come on, he wants to go out. He wants to hear the voice of God. And he goes out onto the mountain and then the big old earthquake, big old fire, you know, a storm comes by. And then finally a still small voice speaks to him. And Elijah goes to tell him his tale of woes. Oh, woe is me. I'm the only one. Ain't nobody left alive but me. And oh, she's going to kill me. Right? And God answers him. But his answer to him is so not what he was asking. It's the opposite. He just says, look, I want you to go anoint so-and-so and anoint so-and-so and put so-and-so in his king and get Elijah. Or Elisha. Oh, by the way, there's still 7,000 of you. See, sometimes we're trying to talk to God, and the reason why we're not hearing the voice of God is because we're over here with our own scenario going through our head, coming out of our mouth, the why God has to do this and what he has to do that, or or you're really a full-blown, you know, uh, adrenaline-filled, Holy Ghost, charismatic, and you're shooting so much word out of your mouth. You're just trying to hit everything, right? I mean, you're like a machine gun of the word. You got it just coming out. You don't know what you're shooting at. You just got, you're putting like flack up in the air. You're just shooting and hoping you're going to hit something. And you can't hear the voice of God when he's trying to talk to you like that because you've got your own deal, your own agenda going. And I'm telling you, Christians are missing the voice of God Mainly because a lot of times you have the Elijah syndrome going on on the inside of you. You're trying to get God to do what you want him to, and you're not listening for his advice. Okay? So, I'm going to show you something. I actually have this in my notes as number two. First thing is you need to know that you're wired to hear the voice of God. So, number two is this is how you're going to do it. The first thing is you got to do is you got to position yourself to hear God. Now, listen to me. <clears throat> Habakkuk 2.1 is a scripture we've been looking at. And it says, I will stand my watch and I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he says to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Habakkuk said, I'm going to go set myself to hear the voice of God. Listen to me. The first thing you're going to have to do if you're going to continually, and well, the first thing is you've got to know that you are hardwired. You've got to have some faith and belief in that you can hear the voice of God. So the second thing is you've got to position yourself You've got to make an appointment. Quit showing up at the throne room outside the wall, hollering a tell of woes. Set up an appointment. In other words, you've got to have time that you set aside to hear the voice of God. You're not going to get it by sleeping with sheets with scriptures on them. Getting a pillowcase covered in the word and get it by osmosis. You're not going to have, you can't, you cannot get it. I had a person one time tell me if I'd sleep with my head on my Bible at night, like under my pillow, that I would get the word of God. And I said, now, I tell you what I'll get, it's a crick in my neck. <laughs> Plus tear my Bible all up. How do you come up with this? And if I had to sleep on the word, what's it going to absorb through my skin? No, it doesn't work that way. You can try all the hocus pocus you want to, but I'm telling you, the first thing is you've got to put, get yourself in a, in a position, take time that you're going to sit and listen for the voice of God. You're not going to get it in the midst of your running through the day. You're not going to get it in the midst of all the things going on and all the chaos and everything taking place. You have got to have time. No matter what, I never leave my house in the morning. I mean, it has to be some kind of a dire emergency that I have not read all of my scriptures and sat down and had my coffee with the Lord. I'm not going anywhere. And if I have to leave the house at four o'clock, I'm getting up at two o'clock. It doesn't make any difference. Is that right, sweetie? My wife can attest to that. I've done that my whole life. 
I will not miss that time. I am not going outside. I feel naked. I might as well go outside just naked if I, if I haven't had my word that morning. And so I have to adjust my time. If I have an appointment I have to be at, at 7, I, I got I to gotta make sure that I'm up and going by 5. I have got to have that time. It's my appointment with God to hear his voice. Because I'm not going to make it to the day. He said, well, yeah, you know, you're a preacher and, you know, you better be hearing God since we're all following you. But I'm not that important. No, no. Oh, that's where you're missing it. You're listening to the lie of the devil. You're listening to the lie of the devil right there, because I want to tell you something God could use. God wants to use because you have a purpose in life, each and every one of you every day. And he wants to speak to you if you'd ever position yourself to hear him. And it will change your life. Now, I don't want to make anybody mad. OK, so y'all just let the preacher have this one today. OK. This is what you're going to do. You got to set time. You've got to have an appointment. You've got to set time. And it's going to be based around your Bible. Now, listen to me. I, I know there's good devotionals. I, I, I'm not against devotionals. I'm not against that. But you don't need to get up and listen in the morning to what some man's telling you from the devotional. Not that there's anything wrong. There's good men out there. They've got good words. They're saying good things. But you need to hear from your father. That's what whose appointment you set it with. I don't want to go talk to the I, 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 I want to talk to the doctor, the head physician. I didn't come to talk to the PA or the nurse. And that goes with my own stuff. Don't go get my Bible. Don't go get my books out and, and go read them in the morning and make that your devotional when you're trying to hear the voice of God. No, no, you don't want to hear me. You want to hear Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. That's who you want to hear. You want to hear the, the still small voice of God speaking to you. You don't want my yakety yak ear in there. Now, I'm going to teach you and I want to help you. Now, after you get through listening to God, you want to pump yourself up during the day and read a book or listen to the message or whatever. That's good. But it's got to be based around the word. Why? Because this is the living word. This is the truth right here. This is God's already said it once it got written in print. Now, I'm not saying this in a bragging way by any means, but over the years, I mean, I, I have had a hunger for the word. And I still have a hunger for a word. I have a, have a supernatural hunger for the word of God. And when I first got saved, I started reading. I never read a book in my life. I graduated high school and never read a book except Cochise. It was the thinnest book in the library, and I did a book report on it. And I read it only once because then I saved a copy of the book report that I turned in every year <laughs> and changed the words up a little bit. But it's the only book I'd ever read in my life. And I'm 25 years old and I get saved and I start reading the word of God and it's alive to me. I cannot believe what's leaping off the pages to me. It's feeding my soul, my hungry soul, and I just couldn't believe it. And I've been that way all my life. I'm still that way. I'm ravenous, ravenous, ravenous for the word. But everything I'm going to do when I'm hearing God in the morning is based around his word. Now, what I'm saying to you is I have read the Bible so many times that if somebody gives me a book, um, a devotional, anything, and I just, and they say, hey, you know, do you think this is any good? I can just read through it real quick and I'll tell you if it's of the Spirit of God or not. Because I know what the Spirit of God sounds like. I know what, he's, I know what he sounds like in here. I don't, it's not, I don't know, I'm not saying, I know how Isaiah talks. I know how Ezekiel talks. I know how John talks. No, I know what, I know how God talks. Because it's the same all the way through. From Genesis to Revelations, the love of God being poured out. It all, when you read it and you get it down on the inside of you, it all makes sense in it. And you see who God is. <clears throat> so you've got your appointment set. It's going to be based around your word. It's that simple. That's, that's where you're getting started. Okay? Now, <laughs> 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I would make a suggestion here, because until you get yourself trained to hear the voice of God, all you're going to be doing is reading the Bible, thinking about how what God needs to answer 
prayer for you. So get it out of the way up front. Cast your cares upon the Lord before you start sitting there trying to hear the voice of God. In other words, sit down and have your prayer time. Lord, give him your grocery list. Lord, we need this, 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 and this, and this. This, 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 and this, and I'm burdened about this, and I do this. It's just cast your cares upon him. That's what you're supposed to do. Now, if you then stop, you've prayed, and then you go back to reading, but then you start being burdened about something, well, then you didn't really give up the burden. You still got the burden, so you better go back and pray over that again because you didn't enter into faith and cast the care upon the Lord. Because as Christians, we're not, I told you, I, I think I said this Wednesday night, and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. You can't go, look, if you're going to go on a safari and you're going to go to Africa and you need some pack animals, maybe I don't speak real good, <clears throat> pack animals. You don't, get, you, don't, you don't get a rent pack sheep. Hello? You might get a, you know, you won't pack mules. You never see anywhere you can go rent pack sheep. Come to the Alps and go up to the Alps and we have pack sheep for you. Because sheep aren't made to carry burdens. Sheep aren't pack animals. You are not a pack animal. You're not supposed to be burdened with the weights and the cares of this life. The Bible says we're supposed to cast them over on the Lord and then he takes care of it and we don't have to pack that burden anymore. The Bible does not say pray, cast your burdens upon the Lord, and then worry about it till it comes. I don't know, you know, if you order anything off Amazon, uh, it's a sickness. I mean, it's a sickness. I want to tell you something. My, my wife finally released me to be able to push the button. <clears throat> and it's a sickness. I find anything I want, push the button. <laughs> You know, it'll come on there and tell you, you know, what is it? What do they call it? Prime, free or shipping or is that right? Yeah. And then, you know, then it tells you it'll be here on Monday, they'll say. And so you, you see it's on there Monday. And then Monday, what are you doing? Checking. Is it in? Oh, it's in transit. Okay. Should be delivered by seven. And then you're just like 659. Well, see, some of us are doing that away with God. We're going to the Lord and we're praying and we're casting our burdens upon him. And then we're tracking him to see how he's doing. And the way you're tracking him is with your worry. Because you don't really believe God's going to do it. You're just hoping and praying. See, that's, a, that's one of those words you kind of got to draw your toes back in your boots because they're getting stepped on. Your dance partner's all over the top of them. It's the truth. We're not casting our burdens upon the Lord and our cares upon the Lord and saying, Lord, I just thank you. You've got it. And then doing what Philippians 4 says, thinking on all the things that are good. No, we're over there on our Holy Ghost phones looking. See where the tracking and the shipment is. Is it coming? Is it got here? Where is it going? Hello? So when you finish your, your burden removal, if you're still burdened, then you didn't lay it. You didn't get rid of it. <clears throat> you haven't, you can't really hear the voice of God because you haven't got to the place where you can be deburdened. So you got to start there. But let's, I'll give it to you. You did it. All right. So now you're into Psalms 4610. Be still and know that I'm God. You've got to be still. If you, look, you're not going to hear the voice of God. If you go sit out there on your porch and your dog is jumping all over you, slobbering all over you, pulling your pants like trying to get you to go do this, trying to get you to throw the ball, trying to do this and like that. You're, you're paying attention to the dog. You got to be still and know that he's God. You've got to learn to be still. And that's a hard thing for us today. We're not, we're not people who want to be still. We're workaholics. Our minds are always going. We're always looking at everything. We're always you know, you're, you're like this. Jesus, I just thank you that everything is, you've got everything under control. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. There's, uh, Lord, hold on. There's a sale going on right now. 
You're trying to multitask and multitask and multitask, and God's not into multitasking. God is into sitting down and listening to him and having time with him. Right? I know I used this once before, but Luke 8, 22, uh, of the disciples in the boat going across the sea with Jesus, and he's asleep in the pillow on the back. And they get in the storm, and the water's coming in. And those guys are professional fishermen. They knew how to, how to, how to sail through storms. They've been in those situations before. But the, they, they said, it was, they, said it, they were going to drown. They were going to perish. They were going to die. They actually said, we're going to die. So I don't think Peter was a guy that just got into panic over a storm because he's been in it before. He's a professional fisherman. And so that must have been a pretty bad deal. So the only thing they knew to do was bail water. And sometimes we're like that. We're so busy bailing the water, we forget that Jesus is in the boat with us. You're so busy being burdened, you can't sit there and hear the words of the master. We're too busy just, whoosh, 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 whoosh. man, we're throwing the water out. We're trying, ah, we're going down. I mean, did anybody think Jesus is in the boat? If they're going to perish, he's going to perish? No. They just did what they did, and that's what happens to us in life. You're supposed to be sitting down and being still to hear the voice of God, not sitting around bailing in a bucket and trying to get the water out and going through all this hoopla. And if you're in that place, I'm just telling you, you're not going to hear the voice of God. You're going to hear nothing but the clanking of the bucket. You've got to remove those burdens off of you. You've got to get in the place where you can sit still and hear God. Okay, so let's say you've gotten there. I'll move on to number three here. Let's say you've gotten there, that you're going, you, 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 you've, you've, you've gotten into the place where you're not, whoo, your head's not crazy, you're not just hearing everything in the world, whoo, right? So then the next thing that's going to happen is what happens in Judges chapter 6, verse 7. Now, you're basing this on the Word. You're reading the Word as you're going through here. That's like this week. Let me just show you. I think just show you is the best way. Psalms 56. Go to Psalms 56 before you go to Judges 6. Because I feel some of you all are saying, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm reading Psalms 56 this week. It was in my, just my quiet time with the Lord. So I'm, I'm like this. <clears throat> I've stilled myself, got my coffee. Coffee is always a part of my conversation with Jesus, okay? So be it. So I got my coffee. I'm drinking my coffee. And the first one, Psalms 56, 1, it says, Be merciful to me, O God, for a man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would have hounded me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. I stopped right there and I said, You know, Lord, I'm burdened about some things. I feel like I'm going to be swallowed up. I'm burdened about some things, got some issues going on here. Boom, 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 I share it with it. See, it's speaking to me because he's talking right here. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, in verse 3. In God, I will, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. So all of a sudden, I changed, and I said, Lord, I praise you. Man, why? What am I talking about? What am I, I'm not afraid of what flesh can do unto me. God, you are so good. You're the God, man. You can put a hurt on anything. Lord, you are in charge. And I, I just start praising him. Tell him how great he is, right? Then it goes on. All day they twist my words and their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together. They hide, their mar they, hide they mark my steps. And when I lie and wait for my life, they shall escape by iniquity. In anger, cast down the people's O God. And I was like, Lord, that's what's happening. But I don't have to be worried about that, Lord. I just cast that burden on you because you said you got, you're going to take care of me. That God, you're right with me. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is how the conversation goes. This is how my conversation goes with the Lord. All right. So now the third thing, then God begins to speak to me. He begins to speak to you by doing what it says in Judges chapter seven. He begins to declare who he is. Do you know that the world is so messed up on who they think God is? Some people believe God's a deliverer. Some people don't. They're both Christians. Some people believe God's a healer. Some people don't. Some people believe that God does miracles. Other Christians don't. Right? So who's right? Well, you got to know who's right. 
because you've been in the word, you know the word. And so God, when you first start speaking to you, it's not going to say, okay, Wayland, I don't want you to go down there tomorrow to the or go down there and drive down to Dallas and you're going to go down on 4th Street and you're going to go to the second turn down there and you're going to find this building on the right. And you walk in there and there's a man sitting there, a five-gallon bucket of gold coins he wants to give you. You're not going to hear that. No, the first thing you're going to start to hear is God saying, you know, I'm for you. You know, I'll take care of you. I've got you by my strong right hand. I'm a God who, who will always be there when you need me. You see, he starts to declare who he is. When God showed up at Gideon, for Gideon, in Judges 6, 7 through 10, what did he say? Hey, almighty man of God. Right? And he said, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear what the gods of the Amorites in whose land dwell, but... but you have not obeyed my voice. In other words, he's sitting there saying, man, I'm the God who's taking care of you. I'm the God that's going to be there for you. I'm the God that delivered you from Egypt. I'm the God that delivered you from your situation, your circumstance. I'm the one that saved you. I'm the one that got you out of that mess. I'm the one that delivered you. I'm the one that showed you this. He starts to speak about who he is. That's the first thing you're going to hear. Quit looking for the direction of, you know, should I buy stock or not? Well, until you know God, you better just leave the stock market alone. Matthew, I'm just going to give you these quickly, and you can write them down and go look at them later. Matthew 16, 17 is where Peter, uh, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. When He said, You're Christ, you're Son of the living God. He was revealed to him who Jesus was. Your greatest first revelations from hearing the voice of God is who he is. How about Luke 15, 20, the story of the prodigal son. In verse 20, it says, and he arose and he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, he had compassion on him, he ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. What? What? The kid that lost everything in the pig pen? The rotten little scoundrel that lost his inheritance that left his father? Jumps off the porch, runs down the road, grits him and kisses him. Then tells all the servants, bring the best robes, put it on him, put the ring on his finger, the sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it. See, do you know that God? Do you know the God that when you messed up, that you unloaded that burden of messed up, that you also know he's a God that jumps off the porch and runs over there, kisses you on the lips and says, I'm so glad you come home. Or are you the God that says, is your daddy the God that's saying, you little sucker, I've been waiting for you to come home. I'm going to slap a knot upside your head. Huh? Is that who you think he is? Well, see, this is what happens. When people think that's who God is, then that's how they think God speaks to them. So who wants to go talk to God who's going to, you know, put a knot on the end of a rope and put a hurt on you? So if you don't know who God is, you're not going to hear voice, God's voice clearly. The only way you can know who God is, is read this word. Read this word. Find out that he is the one that runs down the road and kisses you when you messed up. All right? How about Mark 140? The leper comes to Jesus. He says, now the leper came to him, implored him, and kneeling down and said unto him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus was moved the compassion, stretched out his hand and touched it. He said, I'm willing. Be clean. He didn't say, ah, you know, I just don't know about you. You know, you've messed up so much. I'm just so tired of having to clean up after you. There's people who believe God's like that. They don't want to go talk to God because of that. They think that's what God's going to say because they're on a performance track. They're only serving God, and they, if, if they can perform. Folks, you ain't, it's grace track. It ain't no performance track. It's a grace track. If there wasn't grace, I wouldn't be here today. Right? If it had to do by performance. Hello? But people, some people are on a, on a performance track. They're running, they don't think... They, you know, well, God's not going to answer my prayer because I hadn't had perfect attendance in church. I really hadn't been reading my Bible. I 
hadn't talked to him, and I did talk to him the other day. I did call on his name, but it was in vain. <laughs> so why would God answer my prayer? And so you don't go to talk to God. You don't have any quiet time. You don't pray. You don't do anything. because You don't think God's going to listen to you because that's who you've developed in your imagery and in your heart of who God is. You don't know the real loving God who ran down the road and kissed his son when he came home and took him into his arms. You don't know the God of grace. You don't know the God of love. You don't know the God of mercy. You've let yourself get twisted. You're like a warped two by four, and it's just not going to get straight. So you're going to always hear God a little twisted. You go to pray. <clears throat> now, listen, I've got a message I want to preach on this. So I don't want to give you too much of it. But Isaiah 54, 17 says, it's no weapon that forms against you that will prosper, right? It's one we all know. It's kind of like John 3, 16. And it, this is what it says. I was reading this the other day, and I started laughing. I said, holy cow, look at this. Okay, it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, right? But what if you form the weapon? <laughs> no weapon formed out there is going to prosper. But what if you form? Have you been helping the devil to form a weapon to trip you up. It's a whole nother message coming. So what I'm saying to you is if you're, if you don't think God's going to answer your prayer, well then folks, listen to me when you, if you're twisted in your thinking and you don't think he's going to answer your prayer or you think he's mad at you or you hadn't performed, when you hear the voice of God, what happens to you is when you hear the voice, it's not God. It's condemnation from the devil coming upon you, and you put that into your thinking, and then you're operating with a wrong set of plans. Because the devil has just spoken to you, and he's good at it, and he knows how to trip you up. He knows where your weakness is. He knows where your little point is to push. And so what I'm saying, quit helping him forge the weapons against you, because you want to hear God speak to you plainly. The next thing that'll happen as you begin to hear the voice of God, he's declaring who he is, and then he's going to start declaring who you are. The first things you should be hearing from your heavenly father are, hello, son, I love you. We've had so many people go through freedom prayer, and to simply hear the voice of their father say to them, I love you. And they know it was God and they know it came from God when they heard the voice of God for the very first time in their life. And it changes their life and it sets them free and alters their course in life to go down a road that they can have in, have victory all because they finally got the proper perspective of what God is for them. It's amazing. It's amazing. And if you've never heard the voice of God, you need to sign up for Freedom Prayer. I'm telling you, you can sit down there, pray with some guys that will help you get on, on track. And, and I'm going to guarantee you what, they'll get, get rid of some junk and, and get you lined up so you can hear the voice of God clearly because you don't need to be hearing junk. You, why, hear, why listen to static? Why listen to static? You know? Why listen to, to, to you know, have you ever had a radio station that you, you just won't come in clear? It's just, it's just not right, you know? Why, why do that with the voice of God? Why guess at what did he say? What was that? What was that word? No, you want to boldly hear what God says about you. That's the next step that you start hearing. Who God is, now who you are. So you may be like, Gideon, you're hiding in a wine press, scared, trying to thrash your wheat in the middle of a wine press, and looking over the barrel every once in a while, saying, oh, God, I hope they're not coming. You're just shaking, up, getting it away. Get it oh, God, hurry up. Get that over there, boys. Get it in the sack. Oh, my God, they're coming. And all of a sudden, the angel shows up. Hail, oh, mighty man of God. And he's like, who? Who are you talking to? That may be the way you are in the morning. You're praying. You're having your conversation with God, and God says that to you, and you're like, what? What? Me? You're talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. You're my son. I've got a purpose for you. According to Ephesians 1, 3, I've, I've already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. According to Colossians 1, 13, I've already delivered you from the power of darkness. According to John 10, 29, I got you in the palm of my hand. 
According to Luke 15, 20, I've already run down the road and kissed you. I've already blessed you. I already love you. According to Galatians 4 and 6, you're my son. And and your spirit should be crying out, Abba, Daddy, Daddy, Abba, Father. Oh, 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 and by the way, remember, you're no longer a slave, but you're a son. And, And not really just a son, but you're an heir. You see, folks, these scriptures are here, Romans 8, 16 and 17. The spirit of himself bears witness of our spirit that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. One of the hardest revelations for me to ever get of the way God thinks of me is, <clears throat> now this, hear me out. I could, in the beginning, under, semi-understand God loved me enough to send Jesus to die for me. That was what got me saved, that somebody loved me. And he died for me. And if he was willing to die for me, then I should live for him. Okay? But then when I started reading the Bible morning, I said, no, wait a minute. And so I knew that got me into the kingdom. Like, right, I stepped across the line and now I'm in the kingdom. But then all of a sudden I started reading, so what do you mean? An heir? Well, wait a minute, an heir, that means I'm in the family. That means I've got an inheritance. That means I'm getting a portion. And then I found out it wasn't just an heir, but I was a joint heir with Christ. Well, wait a minute. That means equal portions. I'm getting an equal portion with Jesus just because I asked him to come into my life and forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And I'm getting an equal portion. Come on, God. That's too much. That's too good. You don't have to give me that. Just let me in the kingdom. I'll just be the gardener. Just keep the door open and let me slip in. Just don't want to burn in hell. Hello? I just want to get in. I'll be quiet over in a corner somewhere. Just give me a little corner section, heaven. I'll take care of the cattle on a thousand hills, you know? Just give me a horse and I'll take care of the cows, ride along there, I won't cause any problems. I don't need no inheritance. What do you mean I inheritance? this joint inheritance? You're going to make me a joint heir with Christ Jesus? It's too much. Why would you give me that? He said, I did it for everybody, but you're a joint heir with me. It took me a while to get that revelation down on the inside of my heart. That is, he wants me to have equal joint heirship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then it took it to the next step. As soon as I let that revelation sink down on the inside of me and I believed it, he said, oh, let me give you one more. This is how happy I am you came into the kingdom. I'm going to give you Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. This is but God who is rich in his mercy because of his great love for which he loved us, even when we're dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not only did you make me a joint heir, but you gave me a position of sitting at the right hand of the throne of God in Christ. And I'm like, Lord, I just now hardly, oh, barely can hang on to the revelation that you're going to make me a joiner with Christ. And now you're telling me I got a position at the right hand of God in you? See, you're sitting around. The devil's got you convinced that you're nothing. You're lowly worms of the dust. You're not going to make it. You barely can do anything. You're just, you're just mess ups and mess ups and, oh, you can't get anything done. No, no, no. He says you're a child. He says, you're an heir. He says, you're a joint heir. And he says, whoo, glory to God. He's giving you a position at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the God who wants to talk to you in the morning. But he can't really talk to you because can you imagine this? He's sitting there with this, what do I call it? This attitude towards you, Right? And you're over there saying, oh, if I could just have a, just a cracker. <coughs> Y'all know that story, right? I've told it a thousand times. I, you know, it's like number 48, yeah. <laughs> Y'all know that joke. See, now you did that, you said that, now that means that I had to tell the first one before I can tell the second one. You know, the first one, this guy goes, he moves to Alaska. And he goes into this bar and he's sitting around the bar. 
And then a guy stands up over the table and says, 26. And everybody says, ha, 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 and starts laughing, slapping their legs. <laughs> Rolling the guy's like, what in the world? And so then in a minute, time goes on, and another guy steps up and hollers, 15. And everybody just falls over laughing, rolling out of their chairs laughing. And this newcomer says, what in the world's going on? And they said, ah, oh, we all know each other. We've been up here so long. We've all told the same story so many times over and over. We decided we'd just number them, save ourselves telling the story or the joke. And everybody knows what the number is. And so when they say 15, well, we know what, what, what story that is. And we just all laugh. So the guy says, really? He says, yeah. He said, well, he said, well can I try one? He says, yeah, try Try 36. So the guy stands up and says, 36. And nothing. Everybody just looks at him. The guy said, what I do wrong? He says, ah, some people can tell a story and some can't. <laughs> Which takes me to my cracker story. Right? The guy's selling from Europe over to America. He bought a ticket. This is back in the 1900s. He bought a ticket, but he only had enough money for the ticket, just a passage. And so he goes and he gets him some cheese and crackers. And he sits out on the deck every day eating his cheese and crackers. And the, the waiter comes by and says, sir, would you like to come in? And he looks inside the dining hall. Oh, man. Set up, big old, this stuff everywhere. And he said, no, sir, no, sir. I just would like to sit here and eat my cheese and crackers. So the, the waiter said, okay, you know, whatever. So he sits over there on the deck, eats his cheese and crackers, eats his cheese and cracker for 30 days. Finally, after 30 days, the boat's getting ready to dock. He's at his destination. The waiter comes up to him and says, you know, sir, I just noticed you for 30 days. You sat out here on the deck. You just ate your cheese and crackers the whole time coming across here. 30 days you've been out on the water. And he said, why didn't you come into, ever come into the dining hall? Is there something we did to offend you or whatever? He said, oh, sir, I, I was embarrassed. I just didn't want to tell you that, you know, I only had enough money for the passage to buy the passage ticket. I didn't have enough money for, to buy all the meals, you know, the dining deal. And the, the waiter said, let me see your ticket. And he looks at his ticket and says, sir, you don't understand the passage ticket you bought, all the meals were included. <laughs> he didn't know what he had. And I'm telling each and every one of you, you don't know what you got. I'm telling you what God gave you through Christ is bigger than anything you could ever imagine. I'm telling you that God wants more for you than you can ever sit down and even imagine. Matter of fact, he said in Ephesians 3, 20, anything you pray, I think it should be bigger. Can you imagine a God who says that? Anything you want, I think it should be bigger. Lord, I just need $100. Well, I think you should have too. Can you believe that? A God who wants to give you more than you can pray for. God, I just need my car to run. I want you to have three new ones. I want you to have Mercedes, Bentley. After that, I don't know anything else. <laughs> it's as high on the level as I get. Are y'all with me, church? I'm telling you, God wants you to have my, he wants to sit down, he wants to visit with you, so you got to do it. You got to make the appointment. If you don't make the appointment, don't be mad at me that you didn't hear God. And if you come tell me you heard God and it sounds something goofy, I'm just going to tell you, goofy. Go home, sit down, read your Bible, listen to God, let him tell you who he is and who you are, and then you're going to start hearing God's voice correctly. And he'll speak to you right through the word. And it's not something you got to work up. It's not something you just trying to make something happen. No, it's just you're reading the word, you're talking with him, it comes off, jumps off the pages, and then you need to write it down. That's important because next week I'm going to go in what you're going to do with what you're going to write down. Okay, but you need to write it down. Amen. So do something for me. Put your Bibles up. Stand up if you would. I could keep preaching. I could preach all afternoon because I love this. But I'm fleshly and I'm hungry like y'all. <laughs> and see, I'm believing for a day of miracles. I'm going to tell you something. The new word that I just got this week that I, I wrote down that I'm praying I've never really prayed it like this, but it's uh, Matthew 27, 50. Where the veil, when Jesus came out of the grave and it says the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. I've just been praying that this whole week over y'all as a church, that in life, the veil would just be torn down and Jesus would become more alive in your life than you've ever known before. Amen. That any veil or petition holding you back or holding, you know, 
your relationship with God back would just be ripped. And I've just been praying, God, lift the veil, tear the veil, rip the veil. Just show up in people's houses. Let them just open their Bible and you're, I mean, they got to turn the volume down. It's so loud. Have y'all ever noticed that there's certain television programs that, uh, just watch this. You can be watching a television program and have your, your, your volume set at a certain number. And the minute a stupid commercial comes on, the volume picks up, gets loud. You can't got to turn the thing down, right? Oh, you reckon that's just by chance? But I'm praying it's that way with God. I'm praying that the volume gets so loud that you, you, you're, you're almost saying, okay, Lord, I got it. I mean, come on, easy. Easy, big fella. You hurt me here. You're talking to me so loud. And I believe with all of my heart it's going to happen. I believe this year at 22, it may look bad starting out, but it's going to be the greatest year of your life. If you want it to be the greatest year of your life, if you'll set that appointment and go talk with God, it'll be the greatest year of your life. If you don't, well then, we still love you. I'm still going to be here for you. We're still going to be having church. We're still going to be shouting the praises of God. You can still come in here. We'll, we'll help you get healed up from your wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. But there ain't no sense living like that. Right? Quit sticking your hand down that hole and getting bit by a snake. Just get rid of the snake. My grandfather told me when I was a little boy, there was a squirrel out in the yard that I don't know what was wrong with it, something, but it was still alive. He said, don't pick it up, because I was going to pick it up. He said, don't pick that squirrel up. He said, he said, squirrel's teeth are so sharp, they can bite right through your fingernail. That's all he told me. I don't know if a squirrel can do that, but I want to tell you from that day forth, I never got around a squirrel. I shoot a squirrel, shoot him again, make sure he's good and dead, because I ain't going to touch him, because that pure image in my mind of a squirrel biting through my fingernail. So warped me as a child, I never touched a squirrel. <laughs> well, I want to tell you something. I'm believing God's going to speak to you the same way. Such words that it's piercing to your soul that changes and alters your whole walk with him so that it's just like that. You're always going to say, man, don't touch that. Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, I want this. Amen. So if you want to agree with me, then get hold of this prayer. Father, right now in Jesus' name, everybody out there watching and everybody in here today, Lord. Lord, I pray that the veil of the temple is torn within their lives and they can, the Spirit of God comes out upon them and they can hear the voice of God speaking more clearly to them than ever before in their life. Heavenly Father, I pray that, oh God, that, 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 that as they sit down, as they make that appointment with you, and Lord, even in, if they're fumbling around, even if they haven't got it down, Lord, you're just come through so loud, so loud to them and begin to speak them and speak a word that so changes their life and alters their course that, Lord, it sets them on the destiny of their life that you've called them to be. Father, I pray and I believe there's people out there watching and listening right now that are on the wrong course or headed down the wrong path, headed down the wrong way. And today, Lord, you may, there's a shift. There's a shift today, Lord. You take them out and get them on that right path because they hear your voice clearly. There's those that don't believe you love them, Lord God. And I declare today, let the word that I love you go forth into their hearts. There's those that today that are on that performance track, Lord. They're trying to earn their relationship with you and let them today see that it's by the blood of Jesus and nothing but the blood of Jesus that makes us heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus that sets us at the right hand of God in Christ. Lord, I pray today that everything the devil has meant for evil, everything that he has put upon the people to twist their thoughts today, oh God, is broken in the name of Jesus that the anointing of God goes into their life and breaks that yoke, breaks those chains, breaks those demonic thoughts and sets them free to hear the living word of God in their life. Lord, I praise you for it. And Lord, I thank you for it. You're so good. You're so good to us, Lord. Bless them this day, O oh God, and let them hear your voice. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now look at me, church. So one thing I want to do, listen to me. Everybody say, I'm going to make an appointment. 
Look at the person beside you and say, you're going to make an appointment. You're not going to miss that appointment. Come on, look at somebody else and say, you're not going to miss your appointment. Amen. Hey, let me have my prayer team come down. If you're here today and you need prayer about anything, we're here for you. We'll pray with you. If you're, if you, if you're not sure that you're right with Jesus, folks, listen, don't even walk out of this building. Come up here and we'll our prayer team people. If you're out there, look, call upon the name of the Lord. It's what the Bible says, and you will be saved right there. That'll be the first thing you hear. Hello, son. So call upon the name of the Lord. So I'm going to bless you. And you're going to go out there and tear the world up, right? And you're going to hear God's voice. So, Father, I declare right now in Jesus' name, they are blessed. We leave here. We go out there. Everywhere we go, we're going to be blessings. I declare, Lord God, that they're going to go out there this week and hear the voice of God like they've never, ever before. And, Lord, I give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray with you if you need it.